You are listening to Past and Present, the Colonial Williamsburg podcast. Welcome back to the Past and Present podcast. I am Rachel West. This time we're going to be talking about Harlequin's Holiday. This is a fun, hilarious, acrobatic show that's taking place this holiday season right here in the Revolutionary City. With me today, I have Brandon Bruce, Senior Manager of Performance Interpretation, along with the guys of Harlequin's Holiday, Harlequin himself, Claude Pohl, and Cotton, to talk about the show that's getting ready to start here on December 17th. Um, Brandon, let's talk a little bit about what is Harlequin's Holiday. Harlequin's Holiday is a pantomime, and it's based on uh, the pantomimes of the 18th century, actually the late 17th century and 18th century. They were extremely popular, wildly popular, in England and in the colonies. Specifically, what this is, is it's based on, uh, there are lots of different types of pantomimes, but this particular type of pantomime is called a Harlequinade. And why it's called that is that it's centered around one character called Harlequin. Harlequin has been present throughout uh, Western theatrical history. So you find him in Commedia dell'arte, and there he was known as Arlecchino. Uh, then he moved, by the time he made it all the way across the continent into England in the late 17th century, he became Harlequin. And we've all heard that name before, um, and no, it's not the romance novels. <laughs> but he is definitely a, a he, he looks a lot like a jester. He's covered in motley. He's a, a trickster. He's, uh, uh, you see him, a lot of evidence of Harlequin all the way through. Like today we have Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny is definitely... Harlequin. Bugs Bunny is the probably the 20th century version of Harlequin because he's he's a trickster. He's able to transform himself. He can transform other things. He's got a, a certain element of magic. So that that's really what it is. And a lot of people think, oh, pantomime. Oh, this is going to be mime work. But that's not what it is. Yes, these these clowns, as for lack of a better term, are all silent. But uh, there is original live music. Um, and they're not actually miming anything. It's really a lot closer to the Blue Man Group because the Blue Man Group is a pantomime. That's exactly what the Blue Man Group is. So um, that's what we're trying to do. Something that wild, that exciting, um, just as, as fun as it can possibly be. I would say this is, from my knowledge, the most ambitious theatrical production that Colonial Williamsburg has embarked on in at least 10 years. And I know I mentioned acrobatics earlier when describing the show, and there's lots of flips and jumps and things like that. Can you talk a little bit about what these guys are doing? Well, I might let Nigel talk about that because... Uh, Harlequin Nigel, himself. Yeah, because we are... Um, um, what those flips and acrobatics are is that Nigel is... Uh, um, we brought him here from Walkabout Theater in Chicago, uh, which is a, a movement-based theater company, uh, and that's the, one of their main specialties. Uh, uh, and we brought Nigel in uh, because uh, we wanted Nigel to, we wanted to kind of have Nigel guide us through that and, and build, our, build our work around that type of work, uh, around that type of movement. Um, I don't know, did you want to say yeah, anything about yeah. that? Yeah, um, in uh, Walkabout Theater in Chicago, we have a process that's steeped in partner acrobatics and um, contact improvisation that we use to create material um, in a long-form process so it can take like you know eight to nine months to create a show and we we uh, develop a training method so that every day in rehearsal a lot of that is actually training and working out and doing these acrobatics just so that way they're fluid when we actually have to implement the the uh, the tools so to speak what goes into 
transforming into Harlequin? Ultimately, it's just a lot of, and I think for all of us, it's just a lot of who we are, like our natural way of moving, our own comedic timings. So as far as what goes into Harlequin, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you go into Harlequin. Yeah, yeah I, I go into Harlequin, exactly. Luke, you play Claude Pole in Harlequin's Holiday. Um, talk a little bit about your character and what he does. Uh, if I had to describe Claude Pole, I guess he's the dumb one. Uh, just doesn't really know what's going on, but is happy about it. Uh, just kind of stumbles through the show. That, we're all kind of dumb. It's, <laughs> we're all yeah. we're all pretty yeah. dumb. It's hard to it's hard to talk about one because they're. They're all in relation to each other. So, right. like, how Cloudpool and Harlequin interact is is different from how Harlequin and, and Cotton, Cotton interact, interact yeah. um, and all the way around that. Generally, I would say Harlequin has a good relationship with the other two, whereas Cotton and Cloudpool kind of get in their little tiffs. Yeah. Lovers quarrels. <laughs> <laughs> what is your background? Uh, I went to the... University of Iowa, uh, got a degree in theater, um, was living in L.A. for a couple of years. Uh, I worked the last two summers here uh, building up the Hallam Players. Uh, myself and my good friend Andres wrote Swordplay, uh, which has been playing the last two summers. And then they offered me a job here, so I took it. Gary, let's chat a little bit about Cotton. We can do that, yeah. <laughs> What's Cotton like? Man, uh, Cotton's like the adorable puppy, I think. He never really has his stuff together, but you applaud him for his efforts, is how I see him. He's like a baby. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a little baby. He's like a, he's like a toddler. He's just like figuring things out and you know, half of the work is exploration and finding new things in exploration. And he is kind of stuck in the exploration phase the entire show is how I feel. Um, so you really see him in his own. How much choreography goes into a show like this? I know you guys have been working together a lot to get ready for this show. Are you playing off of one another or are you just planning everything to a T exactly what you're going to be doing? We definitely play off of each other. Yeah. Uh, we originally had it like written out, like all of the bits. Um, but when we got in the room reacting off each other, we really found what works and what doesn't work and moved out from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely what it's based in is you know, this improvisational, like, we're just interacting with each other and reacting to each other. And, and then we find these moments that we want to keep, um, and, then, and then we refine those and set those. Um, but it's, it's still, I think even when they're set, though, it necessitates having to be fairly organic also. Mm -hmm. It's like we were given a frame, and it's up to us to fill it up and make it work. As far as those acrobatics go that I keep going back to, because that's such a big part of this, um, would you guys call yourselves pretty fearless and that you'll try anything? Or do you, are you a little more reserved? Do you want to test things out slowly or you just want to go for it? As long as there's a mat, I think we go for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always a, it's always a balance of health is, is of the foremost importance, being healthy and being safe. Some of us try our best. <laughs> uh, I believe, you know. 
I think it was just the other day. I, I we were uh, at, it was the end of the day, and we were working really, really hard. And I came up with this idea, probably about half hour before the end of the day. And I turned to Nigel and I said, um, "Hey, can you do this?" And I just kind of walked through this bizarre flipping thing that I came up with, which I personally could never do, even if I I couldn't even think of doing it. Two responses that are acceptable in that situation are, uh, no. <laughs> and the other one is, I don't know, let's see. And Nigel went with, I don't know, let's see. So. Do you have a favorite bit so far that you guys have been working on? Ooh. For me, I think it's either the percussion section or Cotton and the Icicle. I'm a big fan of Cotton and the Icicle. <laughs> but no, the percussion sec section absolutely is pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I think Cotton in the Ice School is probably my favorite. It's I don't know. That's it, it's it's a longer panto. Yeah, right. It's a longer panto, panto yeah. and it has all these like really classic moments in it that are like just ingrained. The the trouble was was paring them down, so we yeah. you know because we wanted to just have everything. So it's basically. I guess a, a lot of people will be familiar with a Christmas story scenario with a, involving a tongue getting stuck to something cold. Well, we don't want to say that. We don't want to. We don't, you know. <laughs> it's like there's a language with comedy that people, people, you know, whether they've actually seen it or not, or whether they saw it when they were, were children and, you know, have, it's kind of, there's a language that people know um, that I think this speaks to. Yeah, and I think that looking at uh, a lot of what we're doing is based off of an actual pantomime called Harlequin's Museum, um, which is, unlike ours, uh, <laughs> is just purely chaotic. It's just straight up chaos. It's hard to follow. There's no beginning, middle, and end. They just transform things willy-nilly. Doesn't but, make any sense at right. all. <laughs> so, but a lot of what we're doing um, is really, a lot of it is inspired by the things that we saw there. Um, and the thing that Nigel was just saying is that, yeah, comedy is one of those things that most of the comic bits that we know, most of the things that we think of as funny uh, in the 21st century in 2015 has been funny for thousands and thousands of years. This is, this is no different. We're, we're not inventing anything new. We're just simply taking everything that, that exists and repackaging it into something that we now own. But this will continue on. This tradition will continue on. We're taking it from the Marx Brothers who used to do that. We're taking it from Vaudeville who used to do that and, and, and way, way, way before that, I should say. So when folks come see this show, are they just going to see the pantomime acts or are they going to get to see other parts of the show? Actually, no, there's quite a lot to it. The, in addition to the five pantomime acts that we have in it, um, we have a grand finale, a very grand finale. We have a fairly grand opening, as a matter of fact. Uh, when the, before the show begins, there's a Christmas carol sing-along um, that is led by two performers. And uh, uh, there's also brand new original music uh, played by uh, two musicians, so it's live. <clears throat> and it's all composed by Wayne A. Hill, who is an Emmy award-winning composer. So um, in addition to that, we've got sword fights, Singing, dancing. Singing, dancing, yeah, quite a bit of dancing, and uh, a giant fish. No details about the giant no. fish. You've got to come see it. It okay. will be a giant fish. And there's going to be some heckling. Oh, there will be some heckling. Uh, the audience is encouraged to, as always with most of our with I would say most of our shows, uh, the plays that we do here, uh, we encourage encores. So we encourage our audience. This is not the 21st century, 20th century audience that we've come to... Uh, I guess, except where you go into the theater, 
the, the lights darken on you and you sit on your hands and you behave yourself. You can't, you know, the whole thing, you can't unwrap candies and things like that. And you can't talk to each other. That's not this environment. This is an environment where you are encouraged to talk. You are encouraged to say encore. So if you like something that you really liked, you saw something you really liked, say encore. You saw something you didn't like, boo at boo it. it. <laughs> you know? Hiss. Do what you want. Be courteous. We have two people that are actually hecklers, um, two actors that are in the show. They become active later on in the show. They actually come up on the, on the stage and perform in, in uh, the finale and uh, another act. But they... Um, Basically, their job is to sit in the audience and heckle the show and encourage the audience to do the same. Gary, we didn't get to any of your background, so you're cotton. Yes. But what did you do before you were cotton? What did I do before I was cotton? Well, uh, I graduated um, from the University of North Carolina at Wilmington with my bachelor's in theater performance. That's where I went. Did you really? Film school. I was unaware of that. I uh, graduated there in um, 2014. Um, did a brief stint with the uh, Disney College program down in Orlando. Yeah, I've, I've been doing theater for probably about 10 years and relocated here this summer as a, as a uh, Chownings character interpreter and got this amazing opportunity and well, here I am. So our guests know that any chance they can go ahead into Chownings and maybe encounter you guys in some other capacity. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And that is highly encouraged. Please, yes. Anything else you guys want our guests to know about what's going to be happening with Harlequin's Holiday? I mean, all I can say is uh, I have been doing theater definitely the majority of my own life. And um, there are those projects that I think of um, having done at least 150 shows. Um, this is definitely, to me, one of the most important for me personally. The thing that that I hope that the audience gets primarily above and beyond everything else is I hope they have a lot of fun. I hope they really, really have a lot of fun. And if they're fans of performance, I hope they also can see just how amazing these three guys and the other performers are in this because it is, it is mind-boggling to see just how, how much they're able to do, how much they're able to retain and then present it with such command. Uh, it's it's impressive. Uh, it's, it's very, very, very rare that you get that group of people in a show. When can people come see the show? It opens December 17th and it plays for 10 performances. Uh, nine of those performances are at 7.30 p.m. And I can actually tell you all the dates off the top of my head. Do you want to hear them? Sure. December 17th, 18th, 19th, uh, then the 24th, which is Christmas Eve. Uh, 25th, which is Christmas Day, if you didn't know that. Uh, the 26th, 27th, uh, the 29th, and the 30th. And in addition to that, there's also one matinee performance at 2 p.m. Uh, so if you have little ones that would not like to stick around until 9 p.m., let's say, um, uh, for your standard shows, then you can come at December 20th at 2 p.m. And, and watch the matinee. Great. If you want more information about Harlequin's Holiday, you can head to colonialwilliamsburg.com or we have a blog up today by Bill Sullivan on Harlequin's Holiday on Colonial Williamsburg's blog, Making History. Just head to makinghistorynow.com and search for Harlequin's Holiday. Thanks so much for joining me, guys. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. For more information on this podcast, check out our website at podcast.history.org. There, you can send your comments or suggestions, and we're always glad to hear from you.